Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Gunnerstown pub on this fantastically happy night after a real shit show at the Emirates. And I'm joined here by Charlie, Woz, and James, none of whom wanted to come on <laughs> and talk about this game. And I really I don't blame them. It's just as um, there's not much positive to be said. But let's um, let's unpack it and and maybe do some cathars some cathartic purging. <laughs> um, does anyone want to start? Uh, Anyone was, yeah, <laughs> how, mate. How do you I mean, feel? yeah. I mean, how do I feel? What went wrong? What what what, what to, went wrong? To be honest, mate, we can we can we can look and analyse the game, the individual moments, and that. But for me, it went wrong from start to finish. The team selection, the individual errors during the game, the lack of creativity, everything about it was absolute shambles. And honestly, tonight, I mean, that is one of the worst home performances. And I'm not over-exaggerating here. That is genuinely one of the worst home performances I think I've ever seen in an Arsenal shirt. We had nothing. We had no fight. We had no give. We're not, we're not playing Bayern Munich or Barcelona here. We're playing Aston Villa. And, and no disrespect to them, but genuinely tonight was shambolic. And we didn't look like scoring for the entirety. And as a fan, we're watching this season develop. We know there's an opportunity here to, to be right at the top. We look at that, that game tonight and the Leicester game, we sat two points off the top of the table. It is that close at the moment. And we've also been to the Etihad. We've been to um, Anfield. And we've been yeah. to Old Trafford. So, realistically, the scenario as it is, if we had one or two games like we should have, we would have been fantastic. But Arteta's come in. He's set his stall. He's done well. I like him a lot. But I'll tell you now, results like that and results that we've seen earlier on in the season and, and a lot of games at home, He's put the mentality and the grit there to get the results in the big games. But if you can't turn up and beat clubs like Villa at home, then them games are deemed irrelevant. And for me, if you want to finish top four, like Wenger did for so many years, the, the big games ain't the games that matter. The games you need to win are all these games. If you want to win the league, yeah, you need to perform in the big games and these games. But, mate, results like tonight is just, I'm raging. I'm, I'm genuinely raging. We can yeah. pull apart every player on that pitch and... But it, it, it hurts and it's difficult to talk so soon after the game, but it's just yeah. not nice, is it? It's not nice. Well, you know, as bad as we were, um, Villa seemed like all of their players kind of had the games of their life, um, which makes it that kind of perfect storm because they took advantage of, of all of our errors. James, what did you think about the performance as a whole? I mean, and Villa's performance? Yeah, I thought, to be honest, mate, just, just to echo what was said, um, the only thing we've really had going for us recently is how, how solid we've been defensively. And even then, we're struggling to keep playing sheets this season. But at a minute, we can't score, we can't create. And based on tonight's performance, we can't defend either. We're just, I hate to say, <laughs> but we're a real no nothing side at the moment. We just can't seem to do anything right. I don't know where those problems come from. Because we all talk about having a lack of creativity. But even when Arteta first came in and he was dealing with the likes of Guendouzi, Jacker, like having to stitch all these mismatched plays together. We were still seeing more from the side than we are at the minute, so I'm not quite sure exactly where things have come off the rail so much. But I think, you know, you say Villa had the performance of their lives, but I think Villa are just a better side than us. I think that's, a, that's the long and short of it. They are a much better side than us at this moment in time. You saw how they absolutely tore apart Liverpool, but we should have analysed that performance a bit a, a lot more, um, a, lot, a, lot, a lot more... Well thought out, creative and creative. Yeah. I mean, their exactly. creative strengths were showed how how we lack up front, right? I mean, having Grealish and Bark, um, you know, um, Barkley and those guys linking up like they do, tr tr Trigger and Target. I mean, there were four 
players on form, you know, anticipating, um, you know, being there at the crosses, making the crosses when they're needed, pressing when it was needed. It, it just kind of showed up our lack of creativity creativity up front, right, Charlie? The mad, the, the mad thing is, as well, to be honest, you know, it was quite fortunate just to come away with a free. They had a lot of yeah. chances, a lot of good chances. Yeah, right. yeah. Do you know what I mean? We were very fortunate to come away with a free. And I don't want to be, even before the game, I, I said in the WhatsApp group, I mean, I weren't too happy with the starting lineup. For me, I still say, David Lloyd is our best centre-half. I don't care what anyone says, centre-half is our best centre-half we've got. I know we've done all right last week and holding in the right game, but He's got to be starting. If he's fit, he has to start for us, unfortunately, because Gabriel can play better alongside him. And just, just the lack of energy and fucking, it's just disgraceful that today. You know, like, no one give a fuck. They're walking about, passing about. They thought they was going to turn up and just roll them over. They were a half-decent team this year. I know they've had two poor results lately, but they absolutely dismantled Liverpool. And we, yeah. we, we and to be fair, that goal in the first minute got called off. I know we had one a couple of weeks ago with Xhaka and Leicester. That's a ridiculous... Yeah, it's never offside for me, Charlie, that. Never offside for me. No, I don't. don't, That should be counting. It's another example of VAR being fucking useless. Yeah, Leno Leno could have had 200 arms and he wouldn't have saved that. Never have saved that. Yeah, but I mean, the point is... Sorry, but the point is he was... I mean, um, Barkley was in... No, I get your point, Paul. A letter of the law was... Yeah, I wouldn't have saved it. Thank God he no, was in yeah. an offside position, but I don't think legally that that was the wrong call. But that's that's what stitched when, us up last week, like Charlie said. But he, I just think that law's nonsense, but yeah, yeah. But apart from that, we've had a right touch that did get put away, and that should have been the warning for us. But was it? No, we just I'm furious. It's funny, I'm really no, absolutely furious. The time. Arsenal can be so frustrating in the sense that you can put in a performance like you did against Manchester United, where it seemed like there was a plan, like everybody was had bought into it. We pressed where we needed to. We took their midfield out of play. You know, we, we scored goals when we needed to. And then for some reason, like you look at the team and you can tell in the first two or three minutes, where the fuck is everybody? Why haven't they arrived? At what time is the Arsenal team actually going to pitch up for this game? James, I mean, does, how often does this have to happen before it becomes... I'm just I'm just thinking back to that United game where you had the likes of Jamie Redknapp and uh, Tim Cahill just absolutely saying, oh, yeah, Arsenal are a team with a plan. And then this happened. Yeah. I just think, hmm, where, where exactly has that plan gone tonight? But we just, you know, based on tonight's performance, we were just as naive and just as poor as the Solskjaer's team were against us last week. And it just shows what a poor United side were. That we, they, they let us go there and play in the way that we did. It's just, I think individually a lot of the players were poor tonight, but I think as a collective, just nothing seems to work. I, don't, I, just, I don't, honestly don't know what to put it down to. I think playing such well, a negative yeah. way at home is uh, is frustrating. Five at the back at home. I mean, come on, playing Villa at home, you've got Partey now and in midfield. What's that for? I mean, you've got someone yeah. like Danny Sabas on the bench. I know he's not, every, not everyone's cup of tea, but he's, he's still, still someone that I feel can offer more than El Nenny can in these games. I do think El Nenny was fantastic against United, but I mean, tonight I thought, was, I thought it was really, really poor. The number of times he gave the ball away was muscled off the ball. It's not just him. There are other players in the team that are doing it as well. Like Saka, should, I don't think he should be playing quite as many games as he is. He should still be being integrated into sides. Um, and then you've got someone like Willian, who just uh, less said about his performance. Oh, well, well, I was just going going back on this idea of the plan and, and the execution. How much do you think was was 
in the sense that Arteta had a plan last week and the players seemed to pitch up and actually execute it and worked. How much do you think was Arteta's plan not executed properly or Arteta having the wrong plan this week? What do you, how would you break yeah, that think, down? I, one thing I'd say about it, Paul, I think talking about the plan, I think you make a good point because when we sat up with a plan against teams like Liverpool, Man City, at Old Trafford, you understand that. They're the kind of games that for years we've wanted a plan. We've wanted to turn up there with a solid structure, keep distances short, have no creativity. We sit there and pounce and we get the result. That's great. That happens. But when you play teams like Aston Villa at home, Leicester, I know Leicester are a top side, but you, at home you've got to dominate. They're not they're not top siders in Liverpool City. Like Liverpool and City, you expect to allow them possession at the Emirates. But Arsenal, we have to be front-footed. We have to be dominant. And for me... The, the whole scenario, forget about Meza Ozil. I'm not talking about him as an individual. I'm talking about what he brings as a player to the team. Not him, personally. I'm talking about his type of player. He's the only player of that type in the squad. We watched Joe Willock play midweek, who is... I like Joe. He's a young kid. He's progressing. He is not even 50th of a player, ability-wise, of Meza in that, in that area, the role he plays. So that's fine. Let's freeze Meza out. I get that. I understand that. Whatever, the money, whatever it is. He's a knob in training. I don't care. That's irrelevant. You do that. But if you're not going to replace that guy in, in the summer and you're not going to replicate what he can give the output to the team and then you turn up at home, I ain't scored a goal from open playing 380 minutes in the Premier League. And we, we, we're yeah. playing Aston Villa at home and losing 3-0. You cannot justify leaving Meza Ozil out of this squad. And not because of him or who he is or what he does or what he don't do. The fact of the matter is we are missing that type of footballer. And this will continue until January. And the difference between the games against Man United away, Liverpool away and City away and, and the cup games, games like that, we're not expected to dominate them games. We're not expected to be front foot. We can sit in, we can sit compact and we can break. We're not Stoke City. We don't play like 20, 30, 40 games a season. We're the Arsenal. And games like this, we're meant to dominate. We're meant to be front-footed. We're meant to be at the Emirates, progressing, putting our stamp on the game. People like El Nenny in games like today are absolutely pathetic. Because I tell you now, he was brilliant at Old Trafford. But I'll tell you why he's brilliant. Because all he had to do was retain his position, press when he had to, get the ball, move the ball quick. Games like today, when he's going to have a lot of the ball, meant to dominate, he's not worth a bank, mate. And that's the, 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 the issue with his squad at the moment. And it's an issue with Arteta. He's got the same mindset for every game. We cannot treat Old Trafford the same as we treat the Emirates against Villa. And I'm absolutely so, astonished, mate. I'm astonished. Okay, so you you are kind of, you know, laying... And I know Charlie agrees with you, and I'm going to get, give him a chance to say something here, but you are kind of saying that Arteta playing this conservative football against Villa at home um, is inexcusable and, and, and not having the creativity and not having the players that are needed to, to take the game to Villa and maybe, you know, seize the opportunity to, to climb up the table is, you know, blame that you lay at Arteta's feet. Do you agree with that, Charlie? I agree with was 90% of what you said. Um, okay. I, I, I just disagree with the Ozil situation. Uh, I understand we should have brought a replacement <laughs> for him. If we've made the decision that we're not going to play him, then we should be getting someone in different a similar sort of player, and we should be doing that. And if Arsenal are not going to get rid of him, the money is irrelevant. You've got to do it because that's you need to replace him. But I also don't agree. I think Ozil, the way he's performed on the training ground, the way he's acted, undermining the club, Geezer, he's gone from the club. And as much as we need that sort of player, just get fuck him. Well, just tell him, you know, we're going to pay you. Just go on. Don't bother coming in. Like, that sort of thing. 
Well, he there was the talk of the bonuses and that stuff that we're actually saving money by not playing him. I mean, I don't know if, if because of COVID. I don't, I don't care about the bonus. It's just the way he has acted since Arteta's not even since Arteta's coming. What happened with him? He got away with it, or when Wenger was there, Emery started off tried not suffering his bollocks, and unfortunately, Ozil sort of ended up winning that. He backtracked, made himself look like a fucking idiot and weak, Emery, and that was probably the start of his demise. Arteta's come in, trying not to suffer his bollocks. He's got rid of the idiots like Gunduzi. Couldn't get rid of, unfortunately, Mustafi and Ozil. They're still in around. But I totally agree we need a player in there who is creative, one million percent, because we are lacking that. But Ozil ain't the answer. And it, it's, it's never going to play for yeah, Ozil. It's not about Ozil, though, is it? It's not about Ozil. No, it's not about Ozil. It's not about Ozil at all. I make, I make 100%. Yeah. It's not about Ozil. But yeah, when good or lost, bad, it's not about Ozil. Yeah, it's no, about, I, I about, you, it's when we do lose, he always pops up and it's a target against Arteta and the ball, which fair enough, but he's not the man for us. So it's just, but we do need a creative person. I was over the moon when we got party because we needed that type of player, but we needed an, a creative midfielder as much as we so did that, a party. That also changed the game, right? So, so, um, Party coming off at halftime, which I don't think anyone expected. I mean, I don't think I didn't notice the this th left thigh injury that he had. Apparently, he was on ice, um, and Ceballos came on. Ceballos is meant to be a, a creative player. I mean, you know, on loan from Real Madrid. Um, you know, it was the I, I felt like Party was kind of you know, still dominating a little bit in the midfield. James, I and mean, did you think him coming off at halftime made a bad situation worse? Yeah, absolutely. I think he was probably the one bright spark where, where things are working for us. I don't. I still think the result would have been the same had he been on the pitch or not. I think the issues that we had were just so indicative of how poor we can be defensively. I mean, the defending on the, the two goals that they scored after the first one, I mean, depending on every goal was horrendous. The amount of time we gave Villa on every single one, just awful. But yeah, he was the one bright spark. And I think he was playing in the exact same way he did against United, just pinging the ball forward, looking forward at every opportunity, winning the ball back. Just that good all-round combative box-to-box -box midfielder that we've needed for so long. And I think had we kept him on the pitch, maybe we'd have had a chance to, to score. But the reality is we've not scored play in the league for four games now. That's a huge concern. That's half the games we've played. And we've lost half the games we've played this season. And yeah. I think it just shows that, that there, there are... No matter how positive we feel about the club, sometimes still enormous issues at Arsenal. So, um, yeah, where where do you begin to solve them? I mean, I I, I agreed with something was said earlier, and I felt that um that Louise like had definitely showed that he was at least a creative option, even though he's at the back. You know, his balls over the top, that kind of quarterback role that he was playing has given us options which suit, you know, players with speed, you know, like Aubameyang and, or, you know, putting the ball out, you know, to the wings. And then, and like, not having Louise um, today seemed, you know, like we, we were cutting, you know, cutting off some of the um, creative thing, you know, creative outlets that we have developed was, do you, do you think that, that Louise should have played? I mean, let's have a look yeah. at what happened back, you know, with... Um, I think, Paul, you make a good point with regards to his progressive passing from the back. But I think when you're at home against teams like Aston Villa, you expect to dominate game. And, and playing, for me, the, the, the whole five at the back scenario, and people say it's not five, it's four when he tucks into a third man midfield. Definitely I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not buying it. It's, it's definitely five. Defensively, it's five. We're on the back foot a lot of game. It summed it up 20 seconds after half time. We're losing the game. We're camped in our own half with a back five. And for me, 
the, the, the scenario where you're playing an additional defender at home to a team like Aston Villa should never happen. We're, we're the Arsenal. He, he, this is not being egotistical, arrogant. This is Arsenal Football Club at home against Aston Villa. Now, playing three centre-backs, and even if one of them's a left-back and they push round and overlap and all this bollocks, I don't care. You need numbers in the final third. And Aston Villa sat in. You can play the ball wide as much as you want. As much as you want. You've got Lacazette, who don't even bother to get in the box. We get the ball wide. He ain't even asked. He ain't even looking to get in the box. Their movements up got... front was shocking with, from oh, one mate, of them. He, I mean, like, honestly, I've seen looking at a line of five people just saying somebody oh, else mate. make a plan. Literally, you're genuinely up as centre forward here. Lacazette, there's more movement in a COVID queue trying to get in Tesco's. You know what I mean? It's shocking. <laughs> it is shocking, mate. The geezer is not interested in scoring goals. I don't understand it. I don't care about this come short link up. I do this, I do that. Your job as a number nine at Arsenal Football Club is to score goals. We had a geezer, Olivier Giroud, right, who got slated for years for not scoring goals. And I'll tell you now, he's fucking better than Lacazette. He's better than Lacazette. Yeah. Not even a question for yeah, I think we got rid of the wrong guy there. You know, and uh, that aside, true. though, your original point, sorry to diverse, your original point about Louise, I think you made a great point. And also, a lot of people don't like Granite Xhaka, but Granite Xhaka is progressive. He can pass forward. He can pass through the lines. He can play switch or play. But against a team like Villa... They're going to be compact. They're going to sit deep, like we did at Old Trafford, like we did at Old Trafford, like we did against City, like we did against Liverpool. We can sit in and do that, and when we spray, we can go and counter. But we're Arsenal at home, man. I just I don't, the identity, the whole identity of the club has gone. Like them years of being teams would turn up and think, "Fucking hell, we're playing Arsenal today. We're in for we're in for trouble here." Do you know what I mean? Like they must look at our yeah, team now and think, they must look at Lacazette and think these centre backs must have fought today. Fucking happy days. Happy days. This geezer's running 20 yards deep. He ain't going nowhere near us. He don't move. He can't run. He ain't fast. He ain't strong. He can't head. He can't shoot. He can't kick the ball. Fucking quality. Let's play against him all day. In the end, we lost 3-0. <laughs> I mean, I'm losing yeah. the plot here tonight, mate. Honestly, I'm really, really frustrated. Uh, like, I'm sorry. I know you didn't want to come on, but I just thought, you know, like, you know, maybe we can talk uh, fellow, fellow Gunas through this kind of grief period. Um, there's a lot of them commenting, <laughs> yeah. by the way. And thanks. Keep, keep the comments rolling. And a lot of people have said, um, yeah, Adam Porter says, um, Arteta is the deadwood. Um, Paul Shepard says, Arteta has two more windows to sort this mess out. First thing, get rid of all the deadwood and create a creative midfield player. Um, you know, I think Mikel is coming under fire. Um, uh, Charlie, do you think he deserves it, or do you think it's just um, um, what he's inherited? Do you think it's it's a squad that he's inherited with with some inherent shortcomings? He doesn't help himself, I don't think. Sometimes with the way he sets out game, I mean, like today to play, what's it? That is five at the back to play five at the back at home to Villa. Automatically, you're on the back foot, and he, he doesn't help himself. Don't get me wrong; I'm fully behind Arteta. I love Arteta. I like what he's trying to do. Yeah. Right, yeah, that's really. We could have had. We could have had. No, 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 no. I'm a bit. I love Arteta. I mean, we could have Pep come in this team, and we'd be the same. It's the personnel. That's that's, that's what I was you trying know? to say. Is we've inherited. And a, you know, you've got Kieran Tierney. He's probably one of the best deliveries of the ball in the league, and he puts one on Lacazette's head like that. It's inexcusable, mate. It really is. Oh, when you get that opportunity, five minutes for half time, that has to go in. He had another one against Leicester. Where Tierney put yeah. it on his foot Sit and he missed it. Mm. We can't keep doing it, mate. Uh, yeah, and to be fair, I mean, Enketia had a had a couple of chances too. Um, there was one one pretty big one. I don't know what what happened. I think he just had his feet in the wrong place. Um, 
and kind of seem to trip yeah, over the we ball. We talk about we need a we need a great midfielder. We badly need a striker. We well. do need a striker. I'm not sure. That I you know listen. I'm I'm happy to hear arguments for Aubameyang being that person, and and they can be made and have been made endlessly. Um, you know, James, what do you think is you know, if, if, if you're going to play Aubameyang down the centre like a lot of people are calling for, then, you know, how do you build a team around that, you know? Um, and then basically you're saying Lacazette and Nketiah are, are surplus to, you know, requirements. What do you do with them? Yes, yeah, it's, um, it's a tough one, mate, because I feel like there, there's there's got to be a reason why he doesn't put Orba centrally. And I think it's, you know, for the majority of his career, Arsenal I mean, has played on that left-hand side, drifted in. He did it under Wenger, did it under... Emery and now he's doing under Arteta so there's got to be some sort of correlation between the manager and Aubameyang and you know they must be happy with that system working for them but I think when you have Aubameyang through the middle when you've got someone like Luis Pickles over the top then you have maybe Saka and Pepe either side of Aubameyang we already look a much better side and even if it's someone like Reese Nelson on the left Pepe on the right Aubameyang through the middle that just looks so much more tantalising than what we saw up front tonight tonight's just stale I mean you've got Aubameyang out on the left trying to make things happen but he's wasted that because he's not getting in the positions that someone like Lacazette is occupying. You've got William missing sitters, creating next to nothing. He was genuinely so poor tonight. I've got no idea why yeah. he's in the team ahead of Pepe, who did so much more when he came into the game. William is, isn't well, capable of creating something like nothing, whereas someone like Pepe, I, I think he is. Well, sticking with the, with the centre-forward thing, does anyone know when Martinelli is back? Um, and is... is... Oh. Is that something Paul, to look forward to? Do you put him yeah. on the left and the Bamiyang on the centre? Paul, I just want to jump in here. When, when I think my thought process with the Bamiyang wing scenario is, I think the, the whole thought process behind that is the fact that we haven't got that creative outlet. So I think Arteta is thinking, how do I get an additional number in the middle of the park to create things? And what's happening then is Lacazette's dropping deep. He's thinking, we're playing this five at the back. He's thinking, I can push the wing back as a left winger, Aubameyang then drops inside and Lacazette drops deep. But the reality is sometimes it's just more effective to be regimented and settled in a 4-2-3-1 or, or something similar to that and just say to Aubameyang, you're on the shoulder of the last man, you know what to do, you score goals in your sleep, you're one of the best strikers in the last 10 years of the world, just play up front, mate. Don't worry about dropping deep. Like right. we, But this is, at the moment, we're, we're so concerned and it's obvious, we're concerned with the lack of creativity that we're that's why Liverpool get away with it because Firmino, for whatever anyone says about him, he's phenomenal at dropping in and playing the ball. But he's one of a kind and we cannot replicate that. Whoever plays up front, you can't replicate that. And we shouldn't try and replicate that. We should play our own yeah. way. So I personally look at it and I think, I understand why he's playing at Aubameyang wide left and I understand what he's doing with Lacazette dropping in and the fullback coming around. But teams are wise to it. It don't take long. It really don't take long. And unless we're playing short, short, sharp football on the counter, Aubameyang's isolated wide. He, he's being asked to be in areas. He's, he's a goal scorer, man. Just put a geezer in the box and he's going to score goals. You, you could see him and getting frustrated, though, I mean, at the end of the game. You can, mate. You like can. Like the balls that he wanted to foot were like lobbed over, you know, to the corner flag. And then the ones that, you know, could have been through were, were pushing him out wide. I mean, you could see his shoulders kind of dropping. And, mate, he's and he has, I mean, it's... Sorry, yeah, sorry yeah. Paul. I was just going to say his movement is natural. And just to touch on Martinelli, I think you're, I think you're absolutely spot on. But again, I think Gabriel Martinelli in the long run is very similar to Aubameyang in the sense that he is a through the middle man. He's a goal scorer. He'll be in the right positions at the right time. He's got a lot about his game. Yes, you can play him wide left, but I just want to see. For me, I'd personally not even have 
Aubameyang, uh, sorry, uh, Lacazette and Enketia in the squad. But, I mean, I'd be my two strikers would be Aubameyang and Martinelli. They rotate, and we'd we'd why miss out wide. So un- why is a four four two so unpopular when you could have somebody like Martinelli and and Aubameyang kind of, you know, or even you know, like in this situation having, um, you know, like playing two up front where it seems like a, a player like Aubameyang would be best, you know, paired with somebody yeah. um, and running off of a. You know somebody that that can do those little knock-ons and flicks on. Almost, Liverpool are great at that. I yeah. almost think though, Paul. I think that's what Arteta's trying to. We look at formations, and I, I think we look too much at formations because I don't think Arteta is generally sticking to one formation. And we say it's five at the back, and I, I, the way the game develops, it does end up being five at the back. But I don't think Arteta's setting out to play in a formation. I think he's putting players in areas and saying, you do this, you do that. And it, it develops during the game. It goes 4-3-3, 4-2-3-1, 5 at the back. It changes all the time, 4-4-2 yeah. sometimes. But it's all well and good if you're a free-flowing team with individual excellence and you can let them get on with it. But at the moment, yeah. it's, it doesn't work, does it? Because it's, it's like it's like asking a bunch of bin men to fit a heating system. It, it's just well, not right, I think that's right, kind of it? because... Yeah, it's almost like that fluidity is to try and patch up some of the, the problems that we have. It's not it's not a positive attacking choice. It's because we're shit on defence and because we're, you know, so we've got to keep shit switching between those. Right, yeah, we're shit on defence. But apart from that, we're good. Um, uh, just, to, just to flip the, the subject a little bit here, James, um, you know, Saka tonight didn't have his greatest game. Do you think he's being overplayed? Do you think we're expecting too much from him? What, what did you think about Saka's contribution? tonight yeah you know i mentioned it earlier i think he had a pretty tough game i think um i thought he was really good against man united obviously missed that good opportunity to score in that game and i think it's so obvious when he is playing well what a good player he is and just why he's getting so much trust from the manager but i think when you look at, at the other options we've got on the wings when you've got someone like nicola pepe when you've got someone like reese nelson players that i feel deserve an opportunity just as much as saka does i don't care how much of a fight tony is i mean you've got one player that cost us 72 million and reese nelson was on the scene before saka even was t- talked about so these are players that i think really do also merit a start in an arsenal shirt in certain games and it's not waiting for saka. just gotta remember he's 19 years old mate. it's still going to take time he's still developing i do think when martinelli yeah. comes back into the sides we're, there's going to be a likelihood that maybe he'll be on the left and you could maybe see a bang centrally when that comes up. But I think... Well, they could right switch quite freely too, as was said. It's quite yeah. similar, right? So, and that that always creates a problem for defence. Is like, you know, if, if two players are really interchangeable and then they're swapping around and stuff, then it's, um you know, it can cause a bit of a bit of a hassle. Um, Charlie, how are you feeling? <laughs> Do you have anything to add to this right now? I know that you... I'm wondering how you will yeah, take no. it. Saka had a poor game tonight, didn't he? I think he, uh, they all did, though, didn't they? So he's, he's only a young kid, and they're putting his little break from the team now and then. I, also, I think as much as Pepe can be frustrating, you look look at the stats, he's got the most goals and assists in the whole club. Surely he's got to be starting. Right? Yeah. William again today was just so poor, he didn't offer anything. Um, but I do think he, he got his position because of his, his – I mean, last week he was he – was, he had a decent game. I mean, he's only had one real good game, which was the first one. He seemed, you know, um, like a positive addition to the squad. But, you know, he's been pretty pretty off the boil. Yeah, with William as well. I mean, like last week's game was all about hard work, defending and off the ball. William last week was superb. The way he works and he, he's sort of trying to put the pressure on the high press. He does run his bollocks off. But when you're at home to Villa, you need that, you need that little bit of spark. And I just... 
I'm just so dejected, lad. It's just pissing me off today. Do you know what I mean? You think you yeah. know, got two weeks of this international break? Yeah, I think, um, you know, as we've discussed many times on this pod and was and Mike have talked about it with Gav and the um, tactics pods, um, you know, when it's all, it's all layered, right? So if, if there's problems at the back, then that transfers problems to the midfield because then the guys are spending more time running back and defending and, and trying to, you know, like make last minute saves off the goal line. And then the attackers are drawn forward. And then when we've got the ball, we clear it. There's nobody up there. And they've been running for the last 15 minutes trying to chase Jack Grealish and, and, and Barkley. Um, James, how, how do you think um, the, the back line did today? I mean, there was some talk about holding and his game. I, I felt that he wasn't bad. I felt Rob was pretty solid. I know that maybe a couple of you on this, um, you know, didn't, you know, have the same impression. Um, what did you think about our defenders? We haven't talked about them really much today. I just think the defending on all three of the goals was pathetic as a unit. Like especially that first one where we gave him so much time. So much time. Like, come on, this is the Premier League for God's sake. We let them play around us at Villa at home, playing the ball around us, like doing what we should be doing to teams. Just you know, credit to Villa. I thought they were fantastic going forwards. And the likes of Ollie Watkins, Greedish, Barkley, McGinn, any one of those players instantly improves Arsenal. Any one of them. Like that's how far we've fallen at the minute. But yeah, like you say, um, I don't think Holden's a particularly bad player, but I think there's better players out there than him. And I do think, you know, at Old Trafford, he was fantastic. He does a very good game. Let's not forget, he's played in two FA Cup finals. We've won both of them. He, he's not a rubbish player. He is a decent player, but I thought he could have done better tonight. But again, like, I don't, it's tough to pick at individuals when as a unit, they were just all so poor, just caught out in no man's land. I mean, even looking back to that first goal we conceded against Moles um, in the week, just before the defending wasn't, like I said, the start. The defending is the only yeah. good thing we had going for us. If that was part, we've got nothing. That's true. Um, you know, tonight was the first time I saw kind of bickering at the back, you know, with those goals because, you know, like the, yeah. I think it was the second or the third or the seventh goal. No, there weren't seven. How many were there? There were the four, three. I can't remember now. Um, Could have been but there was one where, like, you know, Holding was looking. Gabriel, Gabriel's like, well, fuck it. I'm looking at this. Thing. I'm watching that, you know. Do you think, yeah. um, do we miss Louise from that point of view? Was because I feel like he maybe, he, he, he might be um, he might be the glue that's been help holding it together a little bit as a leader. Yeah, the, the thing back. is, the, the thing is with David Luiz, he's, he's clearly a character. He's, he's played at the highest level. He's done everything. But to be honest with you, mate, I think ability-wise, we we look at his ability on the ball and we try and give him credit and that. But he's finished, mate. And and there's a reason that Chelsea wouldn't let him go. And is he better than what we got at the moment? Probably would he would just about take that right hand side berth, but. Like you're saying there, you you spot on what you're saying about Gabriel. And when you watch it back, Gabriel is deeper than Holding, which is fine. But you're looking at that, and Holding, because he's further forward, he has to progress and challenge the ball. He has to stop that pass from happening. And Saliba has clearly seen that. Uh, sorry, fucking Saliba. I've got the other centre back in my head already. Need a move. <laughs> we'll see no, about uh, Saliba later. Uh, yeah. you know, no, but yeah. Gabriel has already seen that developing. And the next thing you know, when the goal goes in, you've seen Gabriel's dragged across and the goal goes in and if Gabriel is saying, holding, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah. why are you not? It's simple football. Like, it's not even, holding has just done, he hasn't dropped with the line and he hasn't progressed to make a challenge. So you can see that he's fuming there, Gabriel. And, and like you said, I, I, personally, I don't think David Luiz makes much of a difference tonight. I think um, he, he's shown himself that he is, he can make horrific errors, like all our setbacks. I do think in the long term, I don't, 
I'm very disappointed tonight and I'm very disappointed with Arteta and our centre-backs and all our players and young Saka had a tough game and Lacazette shocking and everything. We can go as far as we want and about Arteta. I do think we're on the right path. I do like Mikel Arteta. I don't want to get too down about things. I do think Arteta had a shocking night. I think we were as a whole shocking. But I don't think it's Groundhog Day sense that, oh my God, look at us, we're awful. I just think he got a lot of things wrong tonight. All the players got a lot of things wrong tonight. It was a shocking night for Arsenal Football Club. We've all had a shocking yes, day. Um, like I said at the beginning, I think um, I think Villa, their goals, all of them, let's face it, that, that third one with with Barkley chasing down that that cross, firing it in, um, you know, uh, their, their goals were all good. Even the first one that was, as you said, was um, excluded. Um, so from that point of view, you know, I think that, you know, they had a great night. They were on form. They, everything kind of went their way. Um, I'm going to go to, we've been moving further back in the field, and let's go back to Leno and Martinez because this is the first time that Martinez has come, you know, back to the Emirates. Um, do you, Charlie, do you have any thoughts about that? I mean, did you think Leno was at fault for any of the games? Do you think Martinez had a great game? Do you, you know... None, the goals, were down. None of the goals were down to Leno, really, and Martinez didn't get tested once, did he? So, for him, it's probably yeah. the easiest game he's ever had. I can't remember him making a save, really. Did he have to make a save? Well, no, but he, he, he... I mean, the thing I saw tonight was that there were a few times that crosses were put in and Martinez just kind of seemed to take control and... and yeah, they he, he, he was very good at that, Martinez. Well, he's good at collecting the ball. He's a presence. He's good with getting the ball quick out of his hands and that as well. Um, he's... He's had a relatively easy night. He's been very comfortable, done what he had to do. Um, and same again, even the ball's in the box. Like when you've got a, you're getting a ball in the box and you're coming out for it between Mings and Conzo and you've got just Lacazette in there, it's just so easy for a minute. It's, it's just so easy for for any team, really, when we're putting balls in the box. And right. um, Mick Oram has just said here, yeah, Martinez gone, so it doesn't matter. But um, Robert Mahoney brings up a point. Maybe you want to answer this, Charlie. Do you think the defence was more confident with Martinez behind them? Do you think, um, uh, is there any difference between Leno and Martinez in that sense? And how does it affect moving forward? No, or is this just so. a non-issue? Mean, yeah, it's not a non-issue for me. I mean, I'm, I'm very sort of pro-Leno. I think Leno is our number one. Um, and I'll stick with that still. I think Leno is a fantastic goalkeeper. Two years on the spin is probably our best player, arguably. Um, and as much as I like Martinez... I, th I just think we, we were quite fortunate. A good bit of running form, got a decent bit of money for him. It was our understanding. We don't want to be a number two. I get that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, none of the goals were at fault for Leno tonight at all. James, I'm um, speaking of, um, you know, player, you know, man of the match kind of people. Who do you think was our best player tonight? <laughs> good luck. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, do, do with it what you want. I know who mine was, and he, <laughs> he ended it half time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. I can't. No one else. No one else at all, mate. Was there anyone else who was at least consistent? Or, I mean, Tierney wasn't too bad tonight, right? So he had a couple of. He slipped on it. <laughs> that was one of the funniest things I've oh, seen that was in comic, ages. Wasn't it? it was pretty funny. I mean, let's let's face it. I'm I'm trying to just you know like bring up some things here that can cheer people up. But Tierney falling falling over was was pretty funny because I was actually I was watching the game with a Manchester United supporter 
um, and I was just saying, oh, Tierney's so amazing. He's so consistent. He's just, you know, he's, <laughs> as I said, that he, he fell did over. this uh, Lord, of the, Lord of the Dance <laughs> kind of fell on his fell on his ass and nearly conceded. I mean, I think that kind of yeah. put us on the back foot at the beginning. <clears throat> but he, he wasn't bad for the rest of the game. He, I like his attitude. I, you know, he just, he's always there presenting himself, you know. Um, so, sorry, I interrupted. Who's your man of the match again, James? <laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 I'll be going for party. You're going for party, was My man of the match was Granite Xhaka. Granite Xhaka, he was good tonight, I must admit. Yeah, that, it, trust me, we realised that The much. command performance. He, Charlie? He, he doesn't get enough credit for his leadership skills and his progressive passing, and I know he's got his issues, but I'll tell you, when he... And games like Old Trafford when you're sat in capacity and deep, yeah, fine, whatever. But games like tonight when you got me in the front foot, you do miss him. But yeah, we were, there weren't really anyone, was there? It was, <laughs> that's one of the hardest questions you can ever ask a man. Well, Charlie hasn't had his chance yet, so I'm going to pass it on to him. Maybe he'll hit it out the ballpark. I think that party was the only one really in the first half who showed some good signs. But yeah, there's no one really yeah. that stands out to me. At all. It shows how normally, it's, normally rely on Gabriel as well. I think he was quite quiet yeah, and ragged a bit tonight. It wasn't too bad at all. It, it shows how good party has been because I think there was one misplaced pass in the first half, and I was kind of shocked. I was like, the guy hasn't done a, done anything wrong. And when I don't know if you remember yeah. it or noticed it, I'm sure everybody did because it was like he just never misplaces a pass or whatever. Um, but you know, yeah, it was it was just one of those games, and I'm, I don't think we should draw this out much longer. I think we've we've done pretty well um, over these thirty eight minutes. Um, does anyone have any last thoughts they want to add, James? Anything? No, game? mate, I, I can't talk about it much longer. <laughs> Paul, I just want to say, after jumping in and say, I just I just want to personally say, I'm not. I thought Arteta was terrible tonight. I think he has made some bad decisions in his tenure, but. I really didn't, it, it took me, it didn't take me long to really dislike Emery and not, I just didn't like anything about him and with Arteta, I've, I've warmed to him, I do like him, I do believe in him, I do think he's learning on the job, he's a young manager and we've got to accept there's going to be setbacks. Now, unfortunately, the scenario we're in at the moment, we're going to have to accept that, but if we go out in January, get this creative player, I, I do think we can churn a lot and I, I look at what he's doing at the moment with, with certain decisions and Aubameyang left and I try and think logically and I think, why is he doing it? Tonight, I looked at a lot of things and I didn't have a fucking clue. So I just want to write that off and think, fair enough, tonight was a shocker. You're going to have the odd shocker. It can't continue. We've won half our games. We ain't scored in four games in open play. It's not good, but come on, let's get to January. Stay in touch. Get this creative player in and, and get behind Kel and, and turn it around. And I do, I do believe in Arteta. I don't think we should even be questioning him. Like obviously, I don't think many people will be questioning him. Of course, they won't. They can question him for tonight and the, and the way recent performances have gone. 100, I get that. But I do for long term. I think this guy's very talented, and we 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 shouldn't um we shouldn't dismiss him because I think he's going to go to the very top of the game. And I just think there's a lot of players in this squad that can give us more. I think we will we will soon find the balance. We will get that player in, and I do think under Arteta in in the next eighteen months or so, we will be heading back towards where we want to be. I hope. Yeah, I think we all, you know, I think everybody agrees with you, and that's great points, well made. Um, you know, there are times like this when, and it's happened to us under Emery, and it's happened to us under Wenger, and it 
maybe it happens to other teams, but we're just not as aware of it. But those times when your team just doesn't seem to have, has, you know, arrived. This season you know of all like seasons. This season of Sorry. all seasons, well, there is some mad results coming out. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, that's true. I mean, we did today just get beat by the better team. I mean, the Villa were superb. Well, it was only 4 0, it wasn't 7 2. 3 0. Oh, 3 0. Oh, there you go. There you go. I mean, I thought Villa were excellent tonight. I mean, I thought they had some, they've got players like Grealish and Bartley. Bartley's a lot of new player. And that Ollie Watkins up front. They're a good yeah. side at the minute. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think we should be getting beat 3 0 at home to a team like Aston Villa. But they were a good side tonight. They, I thought they were on form. They played well. And the way the league is going at the minute, if all of a sudden you're, you're sort of playing at 50% and the other team ain't, you're going to get tonked. And unfortunately, as was said, I'm fully behind Arteta. I think we will sort of go from strength to strength. Eventually, I think next summer is going to be massive once we a lot of players go and we've got a lot of money off the wage bill. Um, a lot of money <laughs> with Ozil alone, we'll be able to buy like 12 more players, we'll have like a B team. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just tonight's disappointment, as you said. Unfortunately, it's come at the wrong time because we've got two weeks of it now, international break, but the oh, league is very open. Oh, no, two weeks of international break. I didn't know that. No, that's, oh, I don't know. Man. Is that good timing or bad timing, James? Bad. What do you think? The fact that we can lose 3-0 and then and lick our wounds and not have to get back on the, the horse? No, I don't know, mate. I think if we'd, have, if, if we'd have just scraped by with a win tonight um, with the performance we put in and then we went into our next game playing the same sort of way, I think that, that would have been a problem. So I think I'm hoping this is a bit of a wake-up call. And Arteta even said in his post-match press that he's going to take a bit of time to reflect on his system. So, uh, you know, I think it's probably come at, come at a good time. Who do we have um, immediately after the break? Is it the North London Leeds. derby or something? Who? Leeds. Leeds away. Leeds away. Well, oh. Mind you, they've dropped They've dropped off a little bit, haven't they, since um, since the start? Um, so, I don't know. Maybe we can... Maybe we'll be like a good away team. minutes last year in the cup. <laughs> yeah, they're top side, to be fair. They're great, yeah, great side, a good side. To but watch. they're going to look um, at us now, and I'll fancy it, aren't they? So they're going to have that extra little edge. They're going to, they're going to think they could get a result against us all day long. So yeah, we're, we're, getting all the, tough. we're getting all the tough games out of the way in the first half, though. I think that's good. You know, Liverpool away, United away, um, everybody away, pretty much all the top six or seven or eight or nine, whatever you want to call it. Is them. there an easy game, though? You look at like, no, tonight, I'm not sure there is. The season Southampton's seems to going to be a tough game. Like, they're all. After. Yeah, they top of the table that gone Friday. <laughs> yeah, madness, mate. It really is madness. Well, that the Walcott worst. guy looks pretty good. Maybe we should put in a cheeky bid for him. And... <laughs> <laughs> One positive no, tonight <laughs> was that we weren't there to watch it. <laughs> to be honest anyway, with you, Charlie, I, I, really... after the game, I was half thinking, oh, mate, I wish I could just go back to the pub now. Because normally you go back to the pub, you set the rights of the world, uh, the wrongs of the world yeah. right, and you have a good time and you go home and you think, yeah, shit tonight, but at least I saw them with mates and we got home. Like now, I'm just sat here knowing we've got two weeks international break. Just think, that's why oh, they invented tequila. That's why they invented tequila. I hate watching Arsenal on the telly. I hate watching Arsenal. Yeah, I just hate yeah, watching yeah. Arsenal. I think, mate, I've had enough. that's funny well listen guys I'm really glad that you all um, pitched up I know nobody wanted to do this like literally nobody wanted to do this afterwards but I think um, somehow I feel a little bit better than I did immediately after the whistle and I think um, you know as as tragic as it was and as shitty as it was you know we're not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater let's just hope that we can um, 
improve the squad and and improve our performances and be more cons consistent. I mean, the consistency would be awesome. Creativity is great. Consistency would be good, though. Um, was thanks for joining us. Top man, thank you. All the best. All the best for you. Charlie, cheers. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye, Bye James. No, no, Bruno, thank you, mate.